Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Deborah for Copy Love, Love is Here Ministry. And this is the introduction to the webcams, to all the videos. And I wanted to introduce you to me before you got started. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what the webcam series is are going to be about. I wanted to let you know that the first series uh, is going to be a rediscovery series. And as we travel through and we learn and grow, there'll be more and more series of rediscovery. I want to let you know that I'm in a pattern. I have been highly trained and educated, and I am coming to you as a partner and ally of the most highest and mightiest general there ever is, Agape Love. I like to use the analogy that in World War II, in order to set millions and millions and millions of people free, an entire continent, nations, and resources, and the next generations and the next generations, it took allies and partners from many, many nations highly trained in many different areas, all coming together for one purpose, to set people free. Free people cannot stand the thought of other human humans and humanity being in bondage and slavery and can't get free. So I serve under a general, Agape Love, Love is Here. Agape Love is the most powerful general there ever is. It will take you beyond all borders, through every nation. It doesn't need any papers. It travels in a world that most people don't understand nor see. I am sort of a resistance fighter, an underground fighter. But I'm also out in the open, a teacher. And these videos on webcam are going to be teaching lessons. There will be many different series that will come along to help you. And I hope that you enjoy them and that you get to know me and you get to know yourself and you get to know others. So enjoy the webcam videos. Some of them have different lengths, but the main goal of each one is to bring hope and encouragement to you, the person that you have not yet met. The person that has been hidden from most of yourself, but not from others. And to help you discover that there is more to you than you know. And because I am a trained fighter, and I work very closely with Agape Love, we're going to be doing some, setting some things free. If you've ever watched any of the World War II stories and how Europe was invaded, some of the countries invited the people in. Some people welcomed. Other people did not have a choice. And yet they all ended up in the same place, bondage, to something that was more powerful, more vicious, and tormenting, and vexing. So here we are. Since humanity began, we have had problems in our hearts, in our minds, feelings, and our emotions. And boy, we have tried to figure it out. 
And there's a good article, uh, a video that you can watch called Equal Partners. Because a lot of us don't understand what is going on with us. Why do all the problems that we all want to solve and live in peace and harmony and have a wonderful life, why can we not solve them? There are so many smart and intelligent people all over the world in every nation going to school, learning, trying everything they know how to help humanity. Their hearts are so wonderful that they love and they don't like to see anybody hurting and vexed and tormented. And they're trying with every ounce of knowledge they have to figure it out. And there's resistance fighters such as me that we know you have to have something stronger than what we know. Throughout history, most of humanity believed in a connection to a higher power. And that higher power was a loving higher power. And it wanted to help us. And it wanted to touch us and caress us and be a part of our lives. Well, somehow, things got messed up. And we no longer really invite a higher power into our lives to help us. And we have turned mainly to other ways, which is working some. We are getting some results. But this enemy that's unseen, that continues through thousands and thousands of generations, doesn't seem to end. The war is never solved. There's little breaks every now and then. But it goes on. Everybody's asking the question, how do I stop it? How do we end this unseen war that attacks us, that attacks our children and our loved ones? How can we have peace? How can we get along with each other? And yet there's no answers. Humanity seems to be trapped in bondage and slavery to unseen enemies that it cannot see or hear doesn't believe in so it has no answers and we all put along trying to figure it out we're trying so hard every nation is trying every educated person every mama every father everybody we even got dogs and animals trying to help us and love us and support us all of our spiritual leaders are trying to help us we're all trying to be free and we're trying to get somewhere, but we don't know where. And we don't know how to get there. So I'm here through these videos to help you. I am a special person. As I said, I'm a resistance fighter. I go undercover. I travel in that unseen world, unseen realm. I also travel in the natural realm. And I live in a home. And I do a lot of other things. But... I am a soldier in a war as an ally, desiring that many others come along with a God to help set people free in every nation from an unseen invader that has set up, entrenched itself, embedded, entombed itself in our lives, whether it's in our spirit, our soul, or our physical body. And it rules us and reigns us and torments us into deep slavery and bondage. And we don't know how to get free. So hopefully 
these webcams will begin to give you hope that there is freedom and to rediscover ways that have been long forgotten so that we can come together as allies and partners in a world war that crosses every nation, every boundary, and we can defeat this enemy that has tormented humanity since its beginning. And we will learn how to fight back, how to resist. We'll know it when it shows up, and we know what its goals are. So enjoy all the webcams. I hope to get better at this. This is kind of new to me. I'll still keep making the videos, and if you want to email me or contact me, you are welcome to. My email address is Pastor Deborah. D-E-B-O-R-A-H at agapeloveishere.org You may link to me on LinkedIn at Pastor Deborah. Love is here. There are some videos on there. Also, you may, I'm on Twitter under Pastor Deborah. Love is here. I also have a YouTube channel called Hidden Kingdoms. There's a lot of videos there. I'm also on four different podcast platforms. I think it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Intune. So if you have an Alexa or something, you can ask for Pastor Deborah. There are some uh, audios you can listen to. And also I have the website, www.agapeloveishere.org. I'm already currently in partnership with people in Nepal and Kenya. Philippines and here in America and if you wish to call me on the phone text me and I do not have a smartphone so I'm not up there yet uh, at 1-850-501-5040 that is central time in the United States of America Pensacola Florida which happens to be about three hours east of New Orleans beautiful beaches kind of hot right now but been here a long time, and I am learning how to do this webcam stuff. So hopefully I'll get better, and I will be able to teach better for you. So enjoy each video, and please feel free to email me with questions. I'll get back to you. We got a war to win and people to set free. You are invited to become an ally, a highly trained soldier, and a partner with the mightiest general there ever is, Agape Love, and help set people free. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. Hello again. This is Pastor Deborah. Welcome. Once again in the garden for a spiritual teaching on the Kingdom series. Today, we're going to be talking about the concept of a king. Wilbur, is everybody here? Well, we got a few scragglers coming in. They're coming from faraway lands. And they take a little bit longer to get here. And, oh, here comes my kings and princesses of the Middle East. I usually wait for them. They're a little bit slower. I don't know why, but maybe they don't get up as early as the rest of us. Okay. Today's teaching. 
just one more little step, one more little page in helping you to understand yourself, others, humanity, the world and the system we live in, and why we are such a mess. And how do we fix this? And we have everything trying to help us mental health. We have animals and dogs. We have medication. We have poets and music and art. We have science. Everything is trying to figure out humans and how to help them. Because we are definitely in a mess. So, the concept of a king. We're going to look at that word, concept. The word concept actually means one. C-O-N means one. Unified, together. It means uh, there's no splitting, fragmentation. Everything has been pulled together into one. The word sept, S-E-P-T, means thoughts, words, ideas, imaginations, all your pre-septs, all of your experiences, your beliefs, your faith, all are a sept, and they've been pulled together into one to produce a concept, then this concept is the foundation from which a human lives, makes decisions, speaks, passes on, believes in, has faith in, even if it's not a real good concept or if it's not a strong one, it's not accepted by other people, it's still a concept, an idea put together by words and thoughts. So today's teaching is the concept of a king. We need to understand this so we can understand ourselves, other people, the nations, the ruling system that is supposed to be on planet Earth in this unseen realm governing and guiding us. So today we're going to talk about three areas, three questions, three points. One, a who. Two, a what. And three, why. I'll try to keep it simple, you know, three little points if I can. First, is a king a who? Why is everybody looking over at the king of Dubai over there? What? Well, he is a who. But does that make him king? What made him king? What? He was born in a family? That Edward? Yes, well, that's true. But does his own personality, his thoughts, his concepts... That what is the king, or is just him? Is he the who that makes the king? Is the king a what? What in the king makes him king? Just because he was born into the family? 
born of a certain family? Is that the what? He was the firstborn? Is that the what? Who decided that the firstborn would be king? Who decided this family would be king? Are those the what? Why? Was this family, or any family, or any nation, why did they all have kings? You go back. Every nation had a king. It was a governing system for the country. It provided the structure. We even called our homes castles. So even a family had a king, usually the father. But if he couldn't do it, the mother would step up or the grandfather or somebody else. We even call our home castles. We decorate them. They're beautiful. And then we started thinking to ourselves, well, I'm just as good as the king of over there. Why am I not a king? And then we have politicians who want to be like the kings and the crown princes. But they weren't born into those families. And the system of their nation is not set up anymore to have a kingship. But to have elected officials. So we got a big mess as far as governing systems of nations. We have different ideas, different concepts. We are all fragmented and broken up in our governing system, not only of our nations, but of ourselves, of other people, of our resources. We are a mess. I don't think we even have a clue as to what a real king and kingdom looks like and is. Now, let's go back a little bit. Does anybody know where the first king and kingdom showed up on a human civilization? Anybody got any history on it? The pharaohs of Egypt? Oh, yeah, okay. That was good. Pharaoh actually means king. What about back before that? Is that before the flood or after the flood? Okay, let's go back before the flood. What did we have on planet Earth? Did we have a lot of people? We don't know. What were they like? We don't know. Did they have kingship? There are some books you can read that will talk to you about that. A lot of religious books talk about that. Was this king a religious figure? Is having a king the same as having a religion? Interesting questions to ask yourself. So, let's go back before the flood that even the geology of the earth shows us there was one. We have clay tablets that talk about the flood. We have stories from ancient times. The whole earth, every civilization has a story. It's all different. Everybody has a story of the flood. Let's go back before the flood. What did we have? Who was here? What kind of system did we have? 
What were the people like? How were they governed? How did they govern themselves? How did they govern each other? Anybody have a guess? You guys have not been reading your books. Let's go back. All right. Somehow a human either evolved, came out of the ocean, through time and stuff, came to planet Earth. Everybody seems to agree on that. Where we came from, how we got here, nobody knows about that either. But we do agree we're here. We have a lot of history to take us back. And some books take us back, some poems, some ancient historians take us back. Well, how did we get that? It had to do with storytelling. It had to do with people sitting down. In the evening, there wasn't any TV, you know. No, no internet, no electricity. You told stories under the stars. You sat in your tents. You sat in your caves. You sat around the fire. Told stories. Usually the patriarch, the father, or the mother would sit and tell stories. Maybe bedtime stories. And they would talk about their ancestors and ancient stories that they had heard themselves as children. And one of them was this story about the flood. And then there were stories before the flood. And we all see it. We've all sort of heard it called the Tower of Babel. How did that get created? Well, there was a king there. If you studied that in Hebrew Bibles, back there was a king, the Tower of Babel. It was a high, high place, probably higher than the pyramids and some of the things that we build now. It was built. How did that king of the Tower of Babel why did he call himself king? Was he a who? Oh yeah, he was a who. What made him believe he was king? Why him? Why did he enslave all the people? Why did that guy consider himself king? At the top of the pyramid. Does anybody know? Well, we got to go back a, a few years before he was born. And we have to go back to a time right after the flood. Now, the flood and before the flood, that's all a whole other story. About some bad stuff and how bad the earth got. And that's a whole other story. But we'll pick it up from the flood. So the flood comes. Some people say there was a boat and there were some people on it, some guy named Noah. He had three boys. Pretty much everybody kind of knows that in every religion. Everybody kind of has that concept. All right. Flood ends. The boat comes to rest over on Mount Ararat. Everybody comes out. All the animals come out. Time goes by and old Noah plants a vineyard. Okay. The waters receded. Just him and his family and a bunch of animals. So Noah planted a garden, got some grapes, drank too much. Had some issues there. I'm sure after being on a boat for a long time, 
watching the whole world disappear before you, the flood, you probably want to take a drink of some grapes yourself. Well, something happened in his tent, and one of his children came in, saw him laying there. Some say he also saw his mother. Didn't have any clothes on, but naked. Back then, you did not do that to your father. You did not walk in on them when they were without any clothes on. But Noah did not know that because he was passed out drunk. Too many grapes. Well, his son, Ham, came in maybe to talk to him, to say, hey, Dad, what's up? Got to ask you a question, and Dad was out. And it freaked out Ham so much, he left his lantern, his light, there in the tent by Noah and ran out the door. And when he went out, he told his two brothers, Japheth and Shem, what he saw and what had happened. Now, we don't know if he laughed about it or if he was sad or angry or frightened, but he told he exposed his father's nakedness, sort of speaking, to his two older brothers. So his two brothers, the story goes, got a blanket of some kind, walked backwards, and laid it on their father's naked body so they wouldn't see his genitals. And they left the room. So when Noah woke up out of his sleep, if that's what you want to call it, he had a blanket on himself, and he saw a light there, a lantern, a candle, whatever they used. And he knew that that was his son Ham's land. Oh, Noah got pissed off. He was mad, infuriated, embarrassed, shamed, dishonored, because he had done something he shouldn't have done. And one of his kids saw him. When you are the leader of a family, you cannot do that. When you get caught with your britches down and off, you become embarrassed, you become angry. You want to get back at somebody. You want to curse them. You're mad because they saw you in your unrighteous state. So Dad comes out. He knew the light was Ham's. Now that's his son who God had blessed when they were on the ark and said they, these three boys will be blessed and will repopulate the world. So they're already blessed. So, oh, angry Noah comes out. Cannot bless Ham who did it, but he's going to curse somebody. Excuse me, he cannot curse Ham because God has already blessed him. So he turns to his grandson, somebody who did not do this, wasn't even in the tent, but he was a relative of Ham who did it. And Noah, through words of hate and dishonor and embarrassment and shame, unrighteousness and drunkenness, cursed Cain and said, you will just be a servant of your brothers. And the God of Shem, he is not going to be your protector, 
your excellency. You will have no happiness in your life. And you will only be a servant and a slave to both of your brothers. Take that, Cain. But Cain had nothing to do with it. It was him. Now, if that happened to you, how would you respond? Why me? I didn't do anything. I didn't do this. You are cursing me. The king of the family put a curse through words on one of his own children, his grandchild, who had nothing to do with this. But when you get caught with your britches down, so to speak, in unrighteousness and you do something that dishonors yourself and you get caught at it, you're going to get angry and mad and blame and curse people around you. So now Cain, has a curse by words by an angry father. Everybody, I had to teach on the blessings of a father and the curses. It's tremendous. Words are containers of power. Blessings and curses. So Noah cursed his grandson who did do nothing, did not go in the tent. But this angry man who did no longer had the governor of the kingdom of a godly love living in him, got caught doing something he shouldn't have done. Now he going to get revenge and take it out on somebody. So he spoke, and we have them back. Sham, Ham, and Jephthah, three boys, all blessed. Now they all got kids. Ham's son came. He got it. If you study ancient text, you will see. He was to be a servant, a slave of his brothers. And if you study out the names of the boys, the words ham actually means a little darker earth, darker skin color than Shem and Jephthah. How the three boys went, Shem's bloodline carried on through sort of went into what they would call the righteous uh, line genealogy of one a person a great prophet great teacher called Jesus now he was a lot of other things but that was the biological body from Shem that he was to come through Jephthah became all of the other islands and all the other people of lighter skin Ham filtered on down into the south and became more of your darker skinned humanity of your uh, brown people, your black people, your more yellowish people from this earth, not on the inside. And they were to be slaves of their brothers. No peace, no happiness, no power, no excellency. They were never to have this 
Lord or God or King of Shem as their God. They were not to be happy. They were just to be slaves and servants. We had a mess. And that still carries on today. And how does that relate to a concept of a king? When the grandson of Noah got those words, he knew they were cursed words. He knew that if he didn't fight back and say to himself and to other people, No and no way am I going to be your slave, brothers. I will fight you, and I'm going to become the king, and I'm going to enslave you, and you're going to work for me, because if I don't get tough and take you down, kill you, and put you under subjugation, and if I don't rise myself up as king, then I am going to, those words will come into fruition, and I will be the slave. So the first king was the king of Babylon. King, excuse me, king of Babel. He went and built his kingdom. He was a mighty hunter. He was killing animals and people. And he was enslaving everybody. And everybody became, we see an example of it with the pharaohs. You're going to have a lot of people working for you. And you're going to treat them any way you want to. Because you're angry and you are mad. And you don't want to be their slave, as the word said. So that's a little history lesson. Well, let's get back to here. The concept of a king. It got started back then, after the flood. But it really got started back before that. But it got all lost, all messed up. Is it a who? Yes. Is it a person? Sort of. What's in a person? What makes a person a king? Your Majesty? Being born? Into a family, it's one, yes. That's real important why I talk about that. But what I want to talk about is what is the king? What is the governing system, the government? What is it based on? It's inside of us that's supposed to be, that's supposed to be on planet Earth, that is supposed to be governing the nations. How does a king or somebody in rule, how do you govern? Politicians go, we govern by law. Yes. What are laws made up? Words. Rules. What is the who? It's word. What? What do you mean word? When you have a concept, a set, an idea, a thought, and you take that thought and you place it above your head, and you submit yourself to that, then that word becomes king. It's the ruler over you. So, the concept of a king is that words and thoughts and the beliefs that came from a thought was the king. It was to rule inside of us, it was to rule the nations. It was placed in a person who was righteous. And he would fulfill that word through love. He would speak it out. And his word was law. The who 
is a word. Two. Is a word a what? Is it more than a what? Is it a picture? Is it a religion? What is a religion? Is it words? Thoughts? Beliefs? Ideas? Is a king a religion? Who rules? The king and his words? Or a religion? Is the king a religion? What is a religion? What is a king? Until we get these concepts and these ideas and we have understanding about them, we're going to be in a big mess like we are. I just read something on LinkedIn about the United Nations. They can't figure out how to end the violence between religions. People don't accept each other. Why? Because of religion. What is religion? That's another whole topic to understand. Is that what a king is? Is religion spirituality? Hmm? Got a lot of religions down there. Which one's right? Which one? Are they all the same? What's its purpose? Is a religion higher than a king? When did religion come to the planet? Do you know these answers? Well, you guys are silent today. This is all kind of what we have to talk about in order to understand ourselves, what goes on on the inside of us, how we think and feel, what part of us is doing that, what is this forever person, what is, how does this concept of a king relate to that? How do we see? thoughts how do we express them okay why was this concept of a king given to humanity where did it come from how did it get to planet earth how did these words get here what were in the words? Are they magic words? Are they words of curses or blessings? Like Ham had from his father? What are words? Are they containers? How can words be a king? What's in a word? How can the word of a king be law? What makes the word that a king speaks law? What gives the right to the word to become law? What kind of power is in the word? Oh, you never thought about it? What are words? Where do they come from? You know, they're spoken words. I'm talking to you now. But I have thoughts on the inside of me. You never hear them. I have my soul has thoughts, words, beliefs, ideas, and my spirit, my forever person. And sometimes they don't agree. And 
we have different names for them. We call them all different things, and everybody's confused. Nobody's on the same page talking about the same stuff. And every religion, every spiritual sort of person, all has different names. So the average person is completely lost. They can't get help. They don't know what the truth is. But today, the word king, we just need to look at. And what I taught you is that words matter. The word is the who. It is the what and the why. As you saw in the story about Noah and his grandson, words brought curses to an innocent young man. And because of the anger of a father, this young man said, I don't want to be a servant of my brothers. That's not right. He didn't do anything. They don't. So I'm going to have to rise up and enslave my own brothers so they won't enslave me. I'm going to have to rise up in a lot of anger and torture and, and imprison my own family and my cousins and my uncles and anybody that speaks up against me because if I don't, then I might be taken down and those words of that curse, which are still viable and on the books till they're broken, will take effect in my life. And they will travel down to my family. So words, they are the king. They are the ones with rulership, power, authority. They can be words to either bless, curse. They last for eternity. Even the mighty one who created the whole concept of king and kingdom, he raised his own words, thoughts, feelings, ideas, concepts above his head. He submitted to his own words. And when people get in trouble, get hurt, he sends a word to heal them. It could be a word if you go, you got some sickness, you go to a doctor. The doctor speaks to you. He gives you a word. And he tells you how to get better. You go to school. Teachers give you words to help your brain grow. Words create biological neurons. They grow and expand. Words, we have them everywhere. We have them on stop signs. The words can be put into pictures like a red light. But we all know what the picture means. Words have meanings. Those the words that are used that are the king. Now, who wields those words, if their heart is icky, unrighteous, and corrupt, bad things happen. 
words are containers of thoughts, ideas, and concepts of feeling, blessings, curses, words spoken in prayer, words. They are the concept of a king. They are what make up a king. They are the who. They are the what. And they are the why. We all have them. We all have thoughts within ourselves. We all pass laws. They're all words. It's the word. It's our own deep inside of us. Now, where that word comes from, does it come from your soul? Your hidden person of that part of you? Your subconscious that's angry and mad? Does it come from there? Or does it come from your spirit that could be dead or alive, asleep in a trance? Living in darkness and ignorance, does it come from him? Where does the word come from? What is attached to it? Blessings, curses? What's the purpose for the word? Control, freedom, setting people free, bringing truth and light? Is it poison? Words. That's where the king started. So, is a king a person? Yes. Is a king, how does he king? How does he rule? Words. The words are more important than the king. The king is only the person, the container. Well, you like, uh, if you have some oil and you want to burn a lamp, is the oil what's important? Or the lamp that holds it? And you say, what burns in a lamp? The oil or the lantern? Well, yeah, the oil. So is, is it, these are two things that sometimes come together, words. They're a part of each other to perform a duty, have light in the room. We need the oil that has the energy from the sun or the gas or the oil, whatever you call it. And it needs to be in a container of some kind that, does, that it doesn't hurt that can carry it wherever it needs to go. And then the oil can be released to do what it's supposed to do. So is a biological king, he's the container of words. And he has to learn how to release them. But he has to have the great thought so he has to understand biologically the word can go into any container. I can take out that king or that crown prince, anytime, sickness, disease can get him. And what happens? The kingship moves. The containers are disposable. They break, they get sick, they crack. So the word has to go and be put in something else. And we see it all the time. The older ones die and they pass it on. They're just passing on what? The word that's in them. And that word, as you know, in oil or gas, it can have particles of ick in it. It can be polluted. It cannot be clean and pure and have infirmities in it. And now we have a mess. 
So I wanted to bring up the concept that the king is a word, a thought, a ideas, and those words are to rule us and govern us. So, the concept of a king. Is it a who? Yes. Is it the king's biological body? Yes, but that's just a container. Words are spiritual. They can bless you and curse you. Laws are good things or bad things. And in that word, as we saw, the father of Noah, he didn't speak very good about his grandson. He brought a blessing. So words can be used for good things or bad things based on the feelings, the situation of the container. And this container, Noah, was mad. So he took his own thoughts with his anger, his shame, his dishonor, and he used words to be the law, the ruler, the governor, the master over one of his grandsons. That's how powerful the word is as a king and a ruler. So I sometimes a lot of kings don't talk much. Because they know if they open their mouth, law. So it's very, very, very serious. What is the king? It's the word. It's your thoughts that can be transferred. Your, the body's just a container. It can be passed along. It can be killed. Somebody more powerfully. The word sort of flows around. But that's what the king is. The concept came from the guy upstairs. Who the ancients knew this living creator gave us words. Knowledge. Information. Words. And he set this all up. And it got all messed up. And he's trying to put it back together again. You first have to understand that it's words that get formed from thoughts and ideas and concepts. And they can control you. They can manipulate you. They can deceive you. They can keep you from moving forward. They can hide things from you. They can lie to you. They can cover their butt up. They're full of anger and feelings. And words are the expression of what is deep inside of either your soul part of you, the subconscious hidden man, or your spirit, the forever person. And both of them can be bad and unrighteous and unholy. Or you can have one good and one bad, and we're in a war and they're fighting for control of the mouth, of the thoughts, a battle of thoughts is going on, and what are you going to believe? But typically, you start in the spirit. The spirit gets the truth. It believes it. Get some experience. Then it starts talking to the soul part, the part that was like Noah. That's angry and mad and a bully. And he starts talking to him in the inside of you with words. And there's a family argument. Who's going to rule by words? What word 
What law are these two going to follow? And this is where the battle is. And who's going to be the king? The spirit with a word that's lovely, full of love and joy and peace and forgiveness and mercy? Are those words going to rule this spirit that's angry and mad and full of shame and dishonor like Noah was because he got caught with his bridges now? Or is Noah just going to fly out of his mouth words of cursing because he's mad? He's going to let his anger control him. Who's in control? That is the war of the words within us. Concepts. So the concept of a king, it is a what? It is a who. We'll learn later about what the who and the word is. But right now, that's what's going on, and I wanted to spring that to you. Everybody to sort of think about, talk among themselves, ponder, look at, ask yourself a lot of questions. Look at what your mouth is saying. Are you a container? What do you believe because we have to start somewhere. Humanity needs us to step up as great leaders, people with words of wonderful blessings and wisdom, not hurting people. People are hurting. There's so much bad stuff going on, and it shouldn't be like that. So study, come back again. Remember, look for this on the website of www. Dot agape love is here dot org. I also will be on the YouTube channel. I'll shoot it on up as a podcast. Also remember you can email me at Pastor Deborah at agape love is here dot org. Also be looking for the new podcast station uh, show on mental health and the forever person. I'm going to go more into a little different category than the kingdom series. Because uh, a lot of people aren't quite ready for this yet. They're still healing from childhood abuse and trauma, human and, and sexual trafficking and post-traumatic stress. And they, they are uh, in the mental health world and they need some understanding of it and how a higher power and healing their broken heart is done. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So just enjoy I'm going to let you look at the board for a little bit while I close things down. Love you always. Come back again. And remember that the concept of a king is on the inside of you by your thoughts, your feelings, your imagination, by your words. And what words from what kingdom are going to rule you on the inside that then you speak out either blessings or curses to people. So, the concept of a king, very important. Class is dismissed. Everybody may leave or you can hang around fellowship, whatever you want to do. Refreshments are over there. If you see that light, walk right into it. If you want to go on a field trip to the throne room, you are quite welcome. There will be people, rather, I think there will be people, will help you get there. You can go up and visit the, the big one, the throne You'll be amazed. It's all real. So, enjoy, and I'll see everybody next time. Love. Love, love. All right, bless everybody.